Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. Chapter 8 of Anselm of Canterbury's On Freedom of Choice has the interesting title, Even God is Not Able to Remove Uprightness of Will. And in that chapter, he's setting out an argument why it is that God cannot remove or take away uprightness, that is rectitudo of will, rectitudo voluntatis, which is the purpose for which Anselm says we and other rational beings have freedom of choice. So when we do in fact possess rightness of will or uprightness of will or however else you want to talk about it, rectitude, uh, these are all good translations of that same Latin term. God himself can't take it away, which means that nothing else could possibly take it away from a person. And in fact, Anselm says we can lose it, but we lose it in every case by our own choice to abandon it in favor of, of something else. Now, Anselm contrasts this to things that God, in fact, can do. Like God can take a being that was created and reduce it down to nothing, but God can't remove rightness or rectitude from a human will that actually possesses it and that chooses to keep it. So what this means is that God could take a human being and completely efface them from all being, from the universe. You know, even God forgets that person. But God couldn't, provided that person remains there, go in and tweak them in such a way as to take that out. Presumably God could carry out the, you know, what we might call ontological or metaphysical surgery on other things. God could take away our ability to hear, for example, but God can't take away this ability. So it's, it's kind of an interesting assertion. And how does Anselm actually support this? Well, he says that uprightness or rectitude of will means that we will what God wills that we ought to will. He says this here in terms of justice. He says, no will is just except one which wills what God wills that it will. And there's a lot of wills in there. So let's, let's break this down. You've got God over here, and you've got the human being over here. The human being over here could will a variety of different things. Some of them would be bad. Some of them would be good. God wills, that is, desires or wants or chooses that the human being should will this thing. Let's call it A and not B. Now, it's up to that human being whether they do, in fact, will A or B. And by willing A, they conform their will to the divine will. But God is not going to make that person will A. It's not willing in that sense. The, the human being is not, say, an extension of God the way my fingers are extensions of myself. We're not instruments of God. We're not anything that God can simply determine in that way. We have freedom of choice. We have also the freedom, in other sense, the power, the ability to choose between alternatives. So the human being does have a choice about how they align their will, how they orient their will. So that might help us better to understand what he's saying here. No will is just except one which 
wills as the human being, what God wills that the human being wills. So he says, therefore, to keep uprightness of will for the sake of uprightness itself is for everybody keeping it to will what God wills him to will. Anselm doesn't go into this here, but you might, you know, think about other instructions that have been provided. You know, you want to know what is it that God wants me to do? Well, maybe you read some of the scriptures and it says, well, you shouldn't be angry with your brother. You should reconcile before you go and engage in any sort of service. Aha, willing that would be willing what God wills me to will. So that would be maintaining rightness of will for its own sake. Now, that established, what if God was to separate the uprightness of the will from somebody's will? What if he was going to carry out what I was facetiously referring to as ontological or metaphysical surgery? He's going to go into your very soul and or your will, the faculty of will, and say, I see the rightness part here. Let me cut that out and pull that out. Let's see how the person performs now. Well, Anselm says that wouldn't work. Why? God would have to do so in one way or another. Either God would do so unwillingly or God would do so willingly. Now, can God do anything unwillingly? No, because there's nothing, at least in Anselm's ontology, powerful enough to force God to do anything against God's will. There's nothing that can stand against it or in front of it, let alone to coerce or compel it. And, you know, you might say, well, maybe God could do something and he's not totally present at the moment thinking about what, he, what he's doing. And so he makes a mistake, right? Well, does that work with the traditional conception of God? No, not really. So that's not an option. God can't unwillingly remove rectitude or rightness of will from a person's will. So he has to do it willingly. Well, that raises some problems then, some logical problems because this would create a contradiction. How so? Anselm goes on and he says that if he were to remove this uprightness from someone's will, he would will what he did. And then he says, from whomever's will, he, God would will to separate the, this uprightness. Surely God would not will this person to keep uprightness of will for the sake of uprightness itself. But we've already posited as true that to keep uprightness of will in this manner, is for everyone keeping it to will what God wants or wills him to will. And he says, so if God were to remove this uprightness from someone, he would not will him to will what he wills him to will. That's a little bit more complicated again. So let, let's break it down. So God would not will that person to keep uprightness of will for its own sake. If he were to remove it from the person's will. But keeping uprightness of will for its own sake is for that person to will what God wills that person to will. There's three different wills in there. So you want to keep that clear in your head. Let's say that one more time. Keeping uprightness of will is to will for that person to will what God wills that person to will. So God is both willing that person to keep or maintain uprightness of will for its own sake and not willing for that person to keep uprightness of will for its own sake. In fact, willing against that, which means that God would have two different things, two different wills bearing upon the same thing. God would be wanting something to be the case and not the case at the same time. 
God would be willing a contradiction, right? And so this means that, as Anselm put it, God would not will what God wills. We have a contradiction there that doesn't work. And so therefore, God cannot take away rectitude of will from the, the will of somebody who wants to keep it. It wouldn't make sense. And you might say, well, that seems like an unfair restriction on God's infinite power. No, this is actually a condition for God's infinite power, you know, sort of, you could say, residing in or unfolding from that very power itself. Now, Anselm concludes this chapter by saying that nothing is more impossible than for God to remove uprightness of will. Nevertheless, when we're, we're speaking imprecisely, we do sometimes say that he does this when he does not cause this uprightness not to be deserted. So when God doesn't maintain somebody else, give them the strength that they need to not make a, a bad decision and abandon uprightness of will. But really what's happening in that case is God is, is simply not interfering in the situation and he's allowing the person to make their own choice. So God can't do this thing. And that shows us just how powerful, according to Anselm, the capacity to maintain uprightness of will for its own sake, actually is for us human beings. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.